broadcasting legend in his own mind. He's known to be prickly and very opinionated. It's time to get in the huddle with your host, Coach Muddle. All right. Good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is. How's you doing? Nevada Nick with us. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Doing good, good, good. How was your uh, How was your weekend? It was good, you know. It's like like the last twenty eight weekends have been, you know? <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> I've lost count, but we do know another Monday, Coach, and here we are, and we still sit with no deal for baseball. And and today, Coach, I mean, I know last week we said, you know, man for the commissioner came out and said baseball will one hundred percent. Oh shit! I forgot to hit go year. live. Fuck. Oh, it isn't live. All right, damn. <laughs> now it's live. Okay. Now okay, we're coach. Now we're it. There we go. A broadcasting legend in his own mind. He's known to be prickly and very... <laughs> now it's live. Okay. Okay, coach. Now we're it. There we go. Broadcasting legend in his own mind. Oh man, I got it in both spots. I, I, it's Monday, man. It's Monday. It was rough weekend. What can I tell you, man? What can I tell you? It was a uh, tough weekend um, for me. Rough. Uh, so uh, trying to get things uh, rolling. Coach lost about eight pounds driving home. I lost about eight pounds. you know, and it was really a tough drive. My so everybody knows my air conditioner uh, took a complete uh, dump on me on the way home in ninety five degree heat in in Florida. So um, it was kind of a, a tough uh, tough deal. So, uh, but you know, hey, I made it. I made it. Uh, I made it. I, I made it, and. Uh, that's what I'm doing, you know, just hanging out and, um, you know, with Billy calling you now, there's our number 302-313, you know, Billy. (laughs) Um, no, but you know, coach, uh, another Monday we sit here and again, no baseball, you know, and last week Manfred came out the commissioner and said, Baseball 100% will be played, and then this morning he got interviewed, and not only did he say it's not 100%, they asked him, are you confident that they'll play? He said, oh, he's not confident. And yeah, I'm sure a part of that was a negotiating ploy, but I mean, it's just, it's become a disgrace. And now, <clears throat> I don't know if you agree, but I think it's at the point now that a lot of damage has been done, and they better get their shit together pretty quick, or, or there's going to be problems. Absolutely. They got to. I mean, this is really on on a collision course with being extinct. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how else to, to say it, but baseball is dying, man, and this is not helping you. No, I mean, and the latest offer, I think, was 76 or 77 games, and I think it was they were guaranteed uh, 70% of their prorated salary over the 77 games. And then, if they had the postseason, they would get 83%. So, right. you know, yeah, I understand you're only playing 77 games of 162, 
and then you're only getting 70% of that money. But, I mean, you know, a lot of people are making sacrifices right now. And like we've continued to say, and, and you got to hear over the weekend too, Coach, that the owners just signed another billion right. they're getting from Turner Sports. for the, the And that's just for the right to be, to to air the playoffs. That, right, We're it's not, not even regular season games. Regular right. Season games. That's just for the playoffs. So Playoffs? Yeah, yeah, it's like more over here. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think the offer, because I understand, you know, the owners, no matter what this year, are going to take a loss. They know that. So, you know, I think saying, hey, if we do have playoffs, you get 83% of your prorated salary. I don't know. To me, it sounds about right. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know how much money the owners are going to lose. But you got to figure, Coach, you're losing 81 games of all that gate revenue, right. all the food and beverage revenue, right. all if you get the merchandise revenue, right. the, the souvenirs, the, the you know the the, the uh, game what they have you know the things they right. have programs right. programs. programs programs being here programs parking, you know if you got the parking uh, situation if you you know if, you, if the team gets a piece of that it's a lot of money right. you know and they're still saying hey you know obviously they can't fit in a, you know a full season but they're willing to give them I guess an odd to me it sounds like it, it would be a fair deal like I said I don't know the specifics I know what I'm hearing. But, I mean, I, I just – they're so far apart, and it sounds so bad. I, I really think we might not have a baseball season. I agree. I don't, I don't think we're having a baseball season, and I don't think we're having one next year because this is going to get ugly, and it's going to go into – it's going to roll oh, yeah. over into the, into the collective bargaining agreement, and it's just going to be a bad, bad deal. It just – you know, and that's the only way to put it. I don't, I don't know any other way. But, you uh-huh. know – and and the thing is, too, the biggest problem, like I said, they're going to have is just going to be the fans being pissed off. I mean, look, like I know we keep bringing up, but look at '94. They, I mean, that was I think the first time in 90 years, or whatever, there wasn't a World Series. The fans right. were upset. I mean, and they showed the next year because they knew the only way they could voice their displeasure was by not not buying tickets and not going to the games. And boy, did they do it! I mean, the attendance was way down in '95. And, you know, baseball was in trouble. And then I watched it last night where they talked about – it was called Long Gone Summer, a documentary last night about the McGuire-Sosa 1998 and the home run chase. Right. Um, and that brought people back because, you know, it was must-see baseball. It was the home run chase. And, you know, whenever they, they were in town, people wanted to see McGuire and Sosa. I mean, they'd have 10,000 people watching batting practice when those guys were just right. watching home runs and – you know, that was what kind of got baseball back on the scene. And, you know, I, I tell you, Coach, that was about money more. This, I think, with everything that's going on. Uh, he froze up. <laughs> on this call, Okay. I said everything going on in this country with the coronavirus and then all the social issues and, and racial issues. Right. Man, I think if, if they're really missing the mark if, if they don't play this season. And I, I really think they'll pay hell for it. You yeah. know, at bare minimum, we'll become the other sport, the fourth sport, you know, right. like kind of hockey used to be known as for a while. And I think right. hockey kind of built itself back up here. But there was that point when hockey was a lockout. They, you know, were kind of like the other sport. It was basketball, baseball, and football. Right. And I really think baseball, just in the way we were 
live now where it's instantaneous, I think they're in big trouble if they don't get, get it together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus, you know, more kids are playing soccer today than they are baseball, too. So, you know, uh, soccer runs into the summertime. Where, where are you spending money? Because you're not doing both. Well, I'm not going to take my kid to a baseball game if he's not playing baseball. You know, he or she's not playing baseball or softball. I'm not going to a baseball game. If they're playing soccer, where are you going to take them? You're going to take them to go play to see a soccer, a soccer match. And think about this too, Coach. So when is this coronavirus hit mostly? So spring. So a lot of kids who were playing baseball, this would have been their first year signing up for baseball. Right. That's not going to happen now. Now imagine if there's no baseball season. If you don't think that's going to fall over into interest in baseball and kids wanting to play, it will. And then you'll see next spring a lot of kids, and not just their parents, where it trickles down from a father or right. mother who are just frustrated with the game and say, you know, we're going to have you play a different sport or maybe not play baseball at all. I mean, you, you, you like I said, you could very well see it. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and like you're seeing a little bit with football. I mean, football because of the whole – concussion issue and all, I think you've seen a little hit, and I get that, I get that, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, and I think you know too, Coach, I really don't know if kids should be hitting in football until at least you get to, like, middle school, maybe, I mean, I I don't think eight, nine-year-old kids should be hitting with helmets on. Yeah, I I agree, I can, I can really, uh, you know, I, I agree with that, I think, you know, the... The, if you want to do the seven-on-seven seven or you want to, you know, flag football, however you want to do it, up until, you know, middle school or, or you know, even even high school. I'm not – I'm not – I wouldn't be uh, offended if a kid didn't didn't play in middle school. It's not yeah. – you know, that's his prerogative, I, I, I think. But, you know, I still think you need to play some. If you think you want to play that sport at the next level, you need to be playing – you know, it's a, right. it's an oddity. You know, I always say, you know, um, you know, it's you're not. Don't try to be the exception to the rule, because it's it's so tough to be that exception. It, it doesn't Coach, happen. You know, I'm a prime example. So I was always too big to play weight football. So I would have had to play with kids three and four years older than me. Right. So I didn't play. So ninth grade, and look, I was the biggest kid, but I didn't understand the game, like using my hands right. and under, you know, and you're right, like, it does set you back. And that's why I think maybe like, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, where you can kind of, you know, get the basics and don't teach them how to hit, teach them how to, right. and, you know, just and, the basics of the game. And then, you know, because you become a freshman and then you kind of watch the older classmen and all. And, you know, look, sometimes there's that rare kid who's very talented that can play as a ninth grader. But a lot of times it's not till your sophomore, junior year to where you start seeing and you know any type of significant time at the varsity or junior varsity level. Absolutely, and and you know even you know even if it, you know like a kid who a big kid like you, uh, even if you did like you know uh, went to one of those big man camps or something just just to get his feet wet. Like I, I think if you're yeah. you're. Um, you know, your school did something like that to, to kind of get you involved a little bit early. Mom and dad didn't want you hitting. There's no hitting involved right. in those things. Just, you know, going over some techniques and, and, and right. doing some stuff. And I, I really, I'm really a big fan of those things at a younger age and getting them into it instead of trying to learn on the fly while you're getting smacked by a, by a kid that's older than you, right. you know? And plus, Coach, I really see it. Look at the high school level a lot. 
And that's why I think of some of Falvey's coaches. They're not worried about those kids. To me, it's the, you know they worry about. Oh, there's I know. Freshmen. Mm-hmm. But that's your future. Yes, I agree. I agree. Now, now, now. Let me tell you. Now, now, now. Let me tell you something. Now, 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 now. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you because I won a high school championship in 1991. So I know how this thing works. Okay, you only need 12. You only need 12 to play football because only 11 need on the field. You only need 11. So it doesn't matter about the rest. And God damn, I, man, that used to irk me, man. I wanted to put, I hated that saying because it's not, you're not building a team because when kids get hurt and, and don't want to do stuff, they got to, you know, your, your talent level falls off. And, and, and they're not prepared. Right. And, you're and, they're, and, and for and a they're, lack of a better term, you're putting a kid out there who is scared. And and just because it's yeah. not he's scared because of, you know, he's just scared. It's because he's never been put in that situation before. Yeah. The lights, so, are, on. The lights yeah. are on now. People are looking at me. Oh, my God. Look at all those people yelling and screaming. It is a big deal and uh i'm a i'm a big big fan of and you hear me say this all the time 11 in and 11 out your best 11 will play on friday night but other than that at every other level below that it is 11 in and 11 out and that's how you develop guys and and i'm a big proponent coach i think you should get these kids in eighth grade in the second half of their eighth grade year, and then start trying to implement them into your program. I mean, get ahead of the game. Because a lot of these kids, they come in and they're freshmen, and a coach couldn't care less about them. Uh, right. They're freshmen. And, and, that's, and so when you get a guy like me, who was raw, you, you start coaching me up. And then, you know, a lot of these say, oh, I'll worry about him when he's a junior and senior. But you got to understand, your job is to progress these players and develop them. And some guys can really develop. I mean, yeah. you know, heck, look at Michael Jordan. He got cut as a high school basketball player, right? So that just shows you, like that just shows you that people can develop, and like you know, you know those kids. Sometimes a kid can come in and grow five inches in a summer or yep. whatever, and he'll be more prepared. And so many coaches, I think it's like, oh, well, I'm going to worry about varsity, but you got to realize too, though, that's your future. Those ninth graders are your future class, like, and that's what's going to be, you know, your next team and the team after that, and you know, that kind of sets the tone. And I see a lot of high school coaches. Whether you could just see they could care less about the freshman yep. team or the freshman players, and I think that's a, a huge mistake. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, because you know, and then you get uh, you know a guy like myself talks. I still talk talk a lot of trash, you know, and then you get in there in those drills with those upperclassmen, and they're ready to rip your head off because yeah. you don't know any better. They're going to take advantage of you. But yep. you know, and, and and the game has moved so far away from that tough guy mentality of, you know, how hard can you hit somebody? How hard can you knock somebody? You know, that that game is – that ship has sailed many, many moons ago. So now it's it's all about your technique and technique. And, and the more kids can work on those techniques, the better they're going to become. And, well, and a lot of times, Coach, what happens too is I get it that sometimes freshmen can't compete with the junior varsity. So, like, you know, you go, you take, you have your summer camp, and look, there's going to be a couple freshmen that are good enough to play with the 10th, 11th, 12th grade right. to have that talent, and you let them go play with them. But I think part of the problem, too, is a lot of them go hire a freshman coach, 
who isn't even using their system and is doing their right. to me it should all be involved you should be running the same playbook yeah you might have a coach who's going to call it a little different but at least you're using but sometimes i've seen like i said they'll have a freshman coach who's got his own way of doing things but to me it all i watch it all the time i watch it all the time you got coaches doing different things in your you know that's the varsity football head football coach is in charge of the entire football program from high school all the way down to whatever the lowest level is so if middle school is the lowest level. Seventh grade is the lowest level they're playing. You're in charge of that, and they need to be running that playbook from top to bottom. And, and yes, I understand, Mike, you're saying a lot of public schools, every school, you you can't afford to pay everybody. You're relying on a volunteer, and that is fine. That and and you can and I, and there's nothing wrong with the volunteer, but you as the guy that hires them and brings them on, because most of those guys are your former players or former students. But look, here's the system we're running. It's just like you know, you don't walk in to Nick Saban is not going to hire you, and you go, yeah, well, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Uh, and, and no, it doesn't work that way. This is the way we do it, and and from top to bottom. And, right. you know, and, and when I go back to 11 in and 11 out at the lower levels, uh, and Mike, I appreciate you jumping in on Facebook. Uh, and, but what I, what I, 11 in, 11 out. So your, your high school team, every play, every offense, no matter what, has three or four staple plays. That's all you need to run. That's all they need to know. Those four plays, there's no nothing fancy, nothing. It's not about the W's. And and I know that people just look at me cross-eyed. What do you mean? I look, I don't get up out of bed and go, I'm gonna lose a game today. Right. But I you have to look at the big picture and developing kids. So the four plays. So now next year when they become freshmen. They already know those four plays. So now I'm building on that, and now we're adding four more plays to that and right. different different things. Right. So you know now you're not having to reteach the playbook over and over again. It's here we're building on it each and every year that a kid gets a kid gets older, he understands the play, you know, and, and now and you know, I'll use the the, the wing T. You know, okay, you have the staple, the trap, the sweep, the waggle. You know, those are your three staple plays. So coming out of high school, if you that's your high school offense as a freshman, you don't need to start teaching that. They already know it. You know, and and they know that, and then you just build on your playbook from there, so that it, it is a staple of you know, of developing kids and getting them on the field because no one wants to hold a damn dummy yeah. for four years. It just, too much other stuff going on now. A lot of the good programs, Coach, you see it comes down to, it's attention to detail. You know, from the smallest thing, Coach, you know right. it too, you know, flying out of the huddle, your mentality, how you hold yourself. You know, a lot of those teams, I know it sounds like, man, that's where I'd start. 
Because you, 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 it's discipline. Yeah. You know what I mean? It sounds but like John Wooden's first thing used to be tying your sneakers properly. Yeah. It sounds stupid, but it's attention to detail. Yeah. Like if I was a coach, the first thing would be getting in and out of the huddle. That might sound stupid to some people, but it's crazy to sound. Some people, you know, I don't want my guys lollygagging their ass up to the line. Right. Get out of that huddle and sprint to the line. And, it, and it's a mentality that goes from top to bottom that you can then instill in your whole team. And like I said, yeah, don't get me wrong, talent comes down too. But, you know, if you got disciplined players who play hard with heart, give me that every day over talent. Right, right. Absolutely. And then you know, too, Coach, like you said, about the plays, the mental part's a huge part of it because the mental part needs to go like this. You can't be getting to the line and then thinking, oh, oh you know, oh, it needs a click in your head. This yeah. is my assignment, and then you're moving on. To the next thing, it can't be where you're. And, and I never understood why, uh, you know, coaches like when, when working with coaches that you know, like don't have their plays set. Like you know, when I was in high school, my senior year, obviously, I I, I went down, to, uh, played my senior year in, in in Northern Virginia, but but we. You know, you had to write. You had to write it out on the board. Each play call. Yeah. You had to. You you know, not only your job. You needed to know the other ten guys on, on the on the defense what they were doing. You know, in in order to understand. Well, if you don't know where they're going, then you're not ready to be on the field. Type of thing. Uh, you know, and, and it's a big part of of understanding what you're supposed to do and and how you're supposed to do it. Not only physically, but the, but the mental part. Right. But yeah, you know. no, no, hundred percent. And um, you know, especially going into this year, coach, think about it. Like, where you know these high school coaches don't know how much they're going to get these kids. So a lot of right. it is coming to how are your off season programs? How many kids do you right. get to follow that? And and then that's what I'm. Like I said I'm a big proponent of if you don't have an off uh, off season program in high school, your program's not going to be successful. Well, in, De- in know, Delaware, you I don't. I don't know any high school program that's successful that has zero off season in, in well, in Delaware, there is no there is no spring football. One one of the few states that has that doesn't have a spring spring football. Uh, you know, at least a two week time to 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 get your guys ready. Right. Um. You know, it, it is, it's, it's kind of weird, but you, you know, but look, the weight room doesn't lie and, and, you know, kids will use that. Ex- oh, well, I'm playing basketball or I'm wrestling. I'm doing this. Please show me a professional sport that is not weight training during the season. You know, well, I, I, you know, there's a, there's a happy medium to yeah, be there. If you really place. want it, you can, you'll make yeah. it happen. But and, you know. And to me, coach, that where that's where as a head coach, I would lay that onto the seniors and say, "Look, you're the leaders of this team now. If you know you're junior going to your senior year, after you finish that last game, your junior year, this is your team now. This is your last year. So who's going into that off season program and who's in that weight room is up to you guys. And the success of this team is relying all around you guys because you know it too, coach. You need that." account council of leaders in your team too. Yeah. A coach can't do it all. And you need that, you know, some kind of those special players, those leaders that are going to keep guys in check and make sure they're doing the right things on and off the field in the classroom. And then especially in the off season, because right. it, it's so important. It really is. It's high school, <clears throat> excuse me, high school football is a, is a, it's a full year thing. It isn't, 
you know. Yeah, and, and you could you could tag oh. that to any sport really. It's year round now, year yeah, round. But but and, and being you, yes, you got to be in conditioning. But you know, uh, I, I I'm all about you know as a guy who coached at the college level you know i don't look at guys unless they're playing more than one sport but also i, I got to see a guy who's who's dedicated to the weight room as well you know you you right. got to you got to show that you know because i don't i don't know any sport that that allows you to take take the weight room off i i mean i mean i never been to a place that 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 it happens you know so it's it's one of the, it's it's just one of those one of those things but you know what i'd like to get to a real more important pressing issue. Okay. That we haven't brought up yet. Coach got some new glasses, man. Yeah. <laughs> Coach with the new shades. Well, you know, the same company that sends me these glasses sent these to me, you know, they said, Hey coach, check them out. What do you think? I said, all right, let me check them out. I'll see what, you know, I kind of like them. I like them. They they feel a lot nicer on my face, actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> coach with the new look. The new look, man. Well, it's my new the new look. Now, now coach, a little. I don't know if you call it disturbing, but I know it, for me, it's you know I would say it's not. It's obviously not positive news. Um, with some Cowboys players, yeah, and Texas players testing positive for Corona, and one of them being Ezekiel Elliott. And man, if I was Zeke, I'd be pissed. Because it's like, that's the one thing, too, I understand with the media and all. It's like, you know, you're letting out somebody's private medical, right. you know, business. He even, he tweeted HIPAA. I mean, isn't that a HIPAA right. right. You know, that's not people's business. You know what I mean? Right. So, I feel bad in that sense. I really hope that this isn't the start of, like, you know, this guy tests positive, that guy tests positive, you know. And it gets to the point where... You know, we start seeing you know, the possibility that we we go backwards, yeah. Jeopardy or fans being at the football game getting jeopardy. I really hope it doesn't come to that because now with basketball pretty much kind of laying out what they're going to do, you've had some pushback from basketball players. One of them being Kyrie Irving, who's hurt anyway. Right, saying, like like I, look, I understand there's more pressing issues right now, coach, in regards to the social injustice and all. But to me, what bigger platform are you going to have than Playing basketball and then speaking your mind in the press conference. Right, right. Uh, that's you know. Uh, right, and and I, I don't I don't understand why. Uh, right, like you said, a guy who is sitting at home collecting his pay uh, because he's on injured reserve now is you know able to stir the pot and get all these other guys fired up and you right. know which by the way if. The players decide not to play. That their their CBA is null and void now. The, yeah. the owners can rip it up and be like, "All right, see ya." And I mean, and, and basketball. You got a lot of power as a player because you know. I mean, you have the power. Uh, you know, obviously, because you're getting all that all that money. A lot of the money, more money, goes to players. You know, and as that pie. right. Right. The owners won't be happy because they're going to lose all that playoff revenue then in regards to TV. And then their partners in the, the TV aren't happy either. So, right. you got, I mean, like I said, I just think it would be catastrophic for the basketball players not to play. Um, I, I agree that, you know, even LeBron said, let's shoot hoop. And that's like a look, 
LeBron's the he's the elder statesman of the NBA. Right. He's the guy. He's the face of the NBA. And if he's like, and that's what I love. What the one guy said, Patrick Beverly. He said, LeBron said we're hooping, we're hooping. So everybody just basically just be quiet. You know, I mean, and I'm not trying to. I think you know these guys should use that platform if they feel they need to speak about the social injustices. You know, feel free and do do what it is you, you want to do. But you're not going to get a bigger platform than all those cameras that are going to be in Orlando to cover for the NBA playoffs. Right. Absolutely. I know you're going to have more, so many more people in front of it. You know, I mean, so I, I, I don't, you know, I, I mean, because like you said, a- athletes today, they have the one of the biggest platforms ever, you know, to get their voice heard. So why right. would you not want to do that? Right. Right. And I don't know if you heard too, coach, the Niners, uh, Re-up Shanahan gave him a six-year deal, so I like that. Though I think yeah. he's, he might be the brightest offensive mind in football. I mean, you know, I know McVay's up there too, but man, I've always been a fan of Shanahan. Look at that Atlanta team since he's left. Yeah, you know, they haven't been able to be consistent offensively. Uh, Matt Ryan went from being an MVP to, you know, what maybe like a top twelve, top thirteen type quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. He's gone downhill since Shanahan left, man. Yeah. And like that, to me, the, the, the Niners are the footprint, I think, of what you want to you wanna do in the league. You know, just how they run the ball and the motion. And, and then, you know, obviously playing playing defense. And I think you're going to see it, too. I know they did end up, they're one of the teams that did play Bay Garoppolo. But if you look at the last couple teams, Coach, you got the Chiefs this year, okay, you got the Patriots the year before, the Eagles the year before, and then the Patriots. All those teams had – the Chiefs and the Eagles had quarterbacks on their rookie deal, and the Patriots had Brady on a team-friendly deal. Right. So I really think that's going to be – that you know, teams are really going to try – I mean, it's almost like – I'm not saying they're not going to pay those top quarterbacks, but you're seeing it. it it's You know, it's very hard when you go pay – that franchise QB, right. thirty-five million. You know, like when Mahomes gets paid, the yeah. Chiefs are going to get hurt from that. And, and you're not going to have a guy like Sammy Watkins and 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 other players like they had because Mahomes was on his rookie deal. Well, you got also, you know, I, I tell everybody, look at the Baltimore Ravens. Look at the yeah. Baltimore Ravens when when Joe Flacco said, "Pay me the money," and they paid him. They couldn't do anything. Because right. all the money was tied up in Joe Flacco. Right. And then, you know, then they bring in Lamar. Right. Bench Joe. Lamar gets some juice going. They, and then now he's on his rookie deal. They unload that huge Flacco contract. And look at the depth they had last year. I mean, that's a team with a right. lot of depth on both sides of the ball. You know, I do think losing Marshall Yonda is going to be huge for that team. Because, I, I mean, you're talking about a first battle Hall of Famer. Yeah, Marshall Yonda, absolutely. You know? absolutely. And you know, Coach, that's a big loss on the field and off the well, field. Well, on the field, you remember you had a young, young tackle next to you where he was kind of grooming him. You know, it really helps out when you got a young tackle and you got that veteran guard able to help you out and and really help you. And that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out with um, uh, um, God. Ravens. 
Mark yeah, Stanley. the I know, but I'm trying to think of the tackle. Brown, Stanley? Brown, Brown. Stanley? No, the other side, Brown, Brown from Oklahoma. Oh, Orlando Brown. Jr. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So he he, I, it's going to be very interesting to see how his play goes next year without Yolanda being next to him, because yeah. I think that was a big, big key in helping out uh, Brown in in a lot uh, last year, especially in that running game, Coach. And you know it too. You, 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 if they struggle to run a little bit more this year, you're gonna see the trickle down effect. Just look at the Rams last year. Mm-hmm. You know, the year before they're running the ball. You know, McVay's coach of the year. You know, Goff's. You know, doing great. And then last year, some injuries. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I know. I know his uh, camera freezing up. But. Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, tough uh, with that. I think you're going to see some teams load the box up a little more on Baltimore and really force them to throw the football a lot more. And and we'll see we'll see how that that pans out for them. Yeah, a lot of people are going to look at what the Titans did to them, and I think a lot of people too. It's going to be man when you play the Ravens, as you know, a lot of coaches on offense do their 15 scripted plays, right. they're going to say, man, it's important. And you know it too, Coach. Very important with the Ravens to get ahead. You don't want them getting that touchdown, two-touchdown lead because then you're just playing into their hands. They'll, they'll go on those seven, eight-minute drives right. and just wear your defense out and keep you off the field. You know, And that was the problem. They got down to the Titans and 14 points seemed like 35. Right. You know, And that just shows you the difference between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Where the Chiefs could be down twenty four nothing, and then boom, 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 we're, we're like, oh right. my god! Ten minutes later, it's tied at halftime. Right. I mean, to where it's like the Ravens, the way that offense goes, that fourteen points just seemed insurmountable, you know, against the Titans. Right, right. So, uh, and and it can be there, and there's teams like that. It's 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 really tough when you're one dimensional and, and you you get shut down like that. Yeah, I know people say, well, Lamar Jackson was the MVP, and but it was Lamar Jackson as a whole, just what he could do with his feet and the plays he was making. And yes, passing the wise, he did he did have a good passer rating and all that. But mind you, he was averaging a little bit over two hundred yards a game. That's not much in, the, in football. Right. That's not you know they were just running the ball so well. And you know it too, coach. When you're playing good defense, you're running the football. And you're controlling the, the, the time of possession, mm-hmm. you're going to be successful. I mean, that's the that's the recipe to success. So the Ravens are going to have success. It's just, you know, they they now want to have playoff success. I mean, they were what fourteen and two last year, yeah, and they lose in their first playoff game, just like the year before where they lost in their first playoff game. So and and Lamar Jackson has not looked good neither. So right. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's you know ho- hopefully it's not uh, something that lingers on with Lamar Jackson. He can get over the hump this year and and yeah. and win a win a, a playoff game or two or three, whatever right. whatever it is, uh, because they sure have the team around him to to complete those that that you know the team. Yeah, because you know hoist the trophy. That's I can't get it out of my mouth today. It's Monday. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, Coach, if, if that starts happening, 
it just gets bigger and bigger and hangs over your head and hangs over your head. Much like think about Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got it at Tennessee about not being able to beat the Gators. Right. And then with the Colts, he couldn't beat the Patriots. Yeah. And they really got some struggles. And, you know, it was like, you know, Peyton couldn't win the big game. And then he finally went on that run with Dungy mm-hmm. where they just got on that run at the end of the year and won the Super Bowl, obviously. But, you know, Peyton kind of had that, you know, stigma early on in his career. So, right. you, you know, hopefully, like I said, Lamar can break that. But even one playoff win's not going to do that. They're going to want to see sustained playoff success, you know, where you're, you know, Tony looks at like Tony Romo. I mean, he only had like two playoff wins. That, that doesn't right. get it done. I mean, I know we won a lot of games, but you know it too, Coach. It's all about winning the playoffs. You're right, and that's what you're measured on. You're me- you're measured on on jewelry, and unfortunately, when you don't have any, you know, you're really not mentioned in the in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like Marty Schottenheimer, who's right out, who's up there and wins, and had a lot of good teams, but mm-hmm. just couldn't win the big games and had some tough AFC championship losses. Yeah, when when he was the Browns. Browns yeah, oof, man. Oof. And, those know, two and back in Kansas back, City. Like they had them. Oh, the, what was the one? It was, uh, he went 95 yards. Uh, Elway, the drive, and yeah. I think the following year, uh, the guy had to fumble. Yep, right? Ernest Biner fumbled it on, on the, on the uh, two-yard line. Ooh. Yeah. Ugh, man. That would be tough being a Browns fan. <laughs> yep. And then your team leaves and they win the Super Bowl like a couple years later. <laughs> right, because when they leave in 96, 95, 96 – yeah, or 96, I, I think. Uh, the first year. And uh, in 2001, they won it. No, 2000. Or yeah, 2000, right yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. So, think about four years later, all the, the, the dread they had to watch, bad football, and then they uh, won a couple years later. And that's why Art Modell will never be, you know, you know, Art Modell will never be a big fan of, you know, nobody's a fan of Art Modell in Cleveland. Yeah, but if you watch that 30 for 30 about Cleveland, you know, Art Modell really, you know, took the back seat when the city asked, oh, well, Cleveland went to World Series and they need a new stadium. All right, give them their new stadium. Yeah, Jacobs and, Field. No, you are yeah, right about that. And then, and then when it came time for the Browns to get a new stadium, oh, no, we can't do it. Well, then I got to leave. And and he's he got really, you know – looked on bad, but it was really the city of Cleveland that, that did it to him. And you know it too, Coach. You see it in in all these franchises. Basically, if you want to keep the team, especially then, and you're seeing it now with the Raiders, you saw it with the Chargers, when, you know, the NFL wants you to get a new stadium, not that you're forced, but, you know, look, it's the NFL's bringing in a ton of revenue too. Right. Whether it's the players playing there on Sunday and the Mount are being taxed, or all, like I know the Eagles, all that parking that gets at those games, that all goes to the city of Philadelphia. Right. So, you know, what? how many, you know, cars are being parked at $40 a pop, that revenue adds up. Right. The, um, yeah, you know, it's funny, uh, the, and, and I don't know how true it is today, but I know back in the day, uh, George Steinbrenner owned all the property around the Tampa Bay. I think he owned the stadium too. I think he owned part of that, or the land, or something. He gets the parking revenue. The Steinbrenners get the parking revenue uh, in in Tampa. I, I don't know if they what still do, but saying? yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, you know. So that's that's big, big, 
big thing. Yeah. And that, that's where the Super Bowl will be this year, Raymond James Stadium. Can yeah. Brady be the first player ever to play a home game yeah. at, uh, at his home stadium? Right, because Breeze got screwed out because Katrina. Because of yeah. Katrina, they were supposed to host yeah. the Super Bowl, if you remember. Well, and, and what was it? The, the other team that was really close to Coach, if you remember, the Eagles here. When they played Minnesota, if Minnesota wins that game. Right. That Super Bowl was in Minnesota. That's right. So That's they just right. missed it, too. Absolutely. That's right. I forgot about that. Yep. So any word from Billy, Coach, or is he back No, in? I haven't heard from Billy. I haven't heard from him. Okay. So I, I don't know what um, – would have liked, would have liked to look, hear what Billy said about high school football in our discussion. Yeah, earlier. you know, yeah. I know, missing missing out, man. So we'll see. I'll have to uh, see if we can't get him on tomorrow and uh, see what's going on. See what's going on. Wednesday, are we gonna get Madman Mancini on Wednesday? I talked to him. He's supposed to be. Uh, we we've been trying. We've been playing phone tag since last week, uh, and uh, so hopefully tonight we're supposed to get together and. Uh, We'll get some stuff hammered out uh, and and get that uh, up to snuff. Let's put it that way. So, uh, so well, we'll coach, see. He's back in coach back in Delaware, right, Coach? Uh, back yeah, I, I'm back. I'm back. You know, and if I knew the weather was this, you know, this 70 degree weather is terrible, man. My my being in Florida so long, my blood thinned, man. I get cold easy now. I was freezing today. <laughs> I need to get out my winter parka or something. You know, I mean. Terrible. Don't worry, Nevada Nick's going to be down there for Fourth of July, so he'll bring down his his hot streak with him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody down. If there's winners people. to get, if there's winners to get, hopefully there's winners. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like I said, we'll hope, but uh, you know, if not, I'm always winning anyway. Now, so. did you see? Did you see uh, NASCAR had some fans in the stands uh, Sunday? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, I think I think they said they invited five hundred. Yeah, because yeah. the the uh, that's the max. I think right. The uh, what was it? Army Air Force. There's a military right. base right, right there, so they brought over uh, some uh, some. Because yeah, it was in Homestead, which I don't know yeah. how far away you were from, but I knew you were in South Florida. So. Yeah, that's pretty. That's still. Uh, it's pretty far. It's still about it's yeah. probably about an hour or two ride, maybe. I don't know. Honestly, I've never been to Homestead. But... Homestead was the place that was really hard hit by Hurricane Andrew. Okay. If you remember back in the 90s. early 90s, I yeah, believe yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, So, uh, yeah, because I was trying to stay down and see to go to the race, but obviously no fans or anything. So uh, I, I elected to... You know, get yeah. in the car. And, well, it's a shame we'd have our hookup like we did at Dover. Me and Coach would have been two of the 500, maybe. Yeah, there you go. What were we supposed to be on turn three or something, whatever yeah, it was? Turn one. Turn one. Turn one. Okay. Turn one. Sorry. So, yeah, yeah, there you but go. Hopefully, I guess, what are they doing that now? September and Dover? No, they're, actually, they're doing in August at some point. Okay. Uh, I forget so the schedule. We'll, so hopefully we'll, we'll be there. Out. We'll get it work. We'll get all the stuff worked out. They'll have. Uh, you know, um, some more media credentials for us, and uh, we'll be able to take care of that. So Yeah, because I'm wondering now, I mean, I would hope by then, you know, fans will be allowed in the stands. Cause I, you know, it looks like Delaware's going to be opening up here in the next few weeks. So Yeah. Well, I we'll think today, today marks phase two or something, I think, because now you can actually sit at the bar now and, and uh, yeah. get served yeah, a drink. We had, we had colors. And then actually last week, the legislature basically 
over overrule it. But then our our governor came and said, "No, nah, you can't do that." So it's all political, and right, you know, right. who knows anymore? I, you know, I just well, we I'm just rolling with the punches, basically. And that's all you can whenever do. Whenever it opens up, it opens up. Right. That's all you can do, man. That's it. So, so we'll get it. We'll get it figured out. Uh, and, and see, you know, hopefully, unlike baseball, we can figure it out. Um, right. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, Coach, it's June 15th. Right. I mean, come on. It's unbelievable that they don't have a plan figured out. To me, they should be. They, they should have been playing in two weeks. Right. When, when July 3rd, Friday, July 3rd came, that should have been opening weekend for baseball. Right. And then you're starting off with 4th of July weekend. And, and you're starting from there, and you'd have had a four-week head start in front of, of, of all the other sports, and, and you know, in a shortened season, yep. and gotten ahead of it a little bit, and you'd have been like the first. I know we've had UFC and all, but you would have been the first major sport back, right? And so you would have started that trend, and you know, coach, people are looking for stuff to watch, and maybe if you should watch some baseball, maybe they reel in some fans that weren't watching before. Right. And just, you know, you if you're watching it, you get invested in it, Coach. That's so, right. So, you know, I mean, just uh, to me, I blame everybody. I, I don't, like I said, I don't care what the numbers are anymore. I, I think owners are at fault, players are at fault, and they, they just need to just get it together and, and, and find some kind of happy medium, because doing it through the media now isn't going to work with fans. Nobody wants to eat. Like I said, like I kept saying, wants to hear billionaires and millionaires fighting over money when right. people can't pay their bills, their electric, you know, their air conditioning bill and their their, their rent and got to worry about, it. Their, you know, business is going to stay open. Uh, you know, they, they don't care. I mean, they're just, you know, they don't feel bad for Blake Snell. And right. I don't either. Like, you know, I really don't. I wish I had that problem. Right. That, you know, even if it's one point two million, it's a pretty damn good problem to have. Exactly, know? exactly. So, I mean, and with what he should know, I get it's less, but at least he should have been smart enough to know not to say it. Even if you really believe that, should be a little bit smart enough to know right. not to say that in these times. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Go, go with all that money. You should have hired a PR guy or, or lady, yeah. whatever. Somebody, publicist, somebody, whatever, right? You know, something publicist. You got it. So yeah. I mean, uh, it's just, it's just not. Not a good look, man. Not a good look. So no, the optics are terrible. Yep. Bad stuff, man. Bad stuff. So, but as you see, great show. I appreciate you taking the time, Nevada Nick, hanging out with us. Everybody on Facebook, thanks for jumping in. Uh, I still don't know why it's not showing up on the screen as it shows up on my phone. I haven't figured that thing out yet. I don't know why, but uh, you know. That's what we got going, so um, we go coach from there. I gotta go coach myself up. There you go. I'm gonna go get get in get in, watch some film, and uh, you know work on some technique. Yep, we'll work on some techniques, and uh, hopefully, I can get it now. Now, now, let me tell you now, 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 because because what have you done? Let me tell you, what have you done? Okay, what have you done? Tell me. So, all right, Nevada Nick, appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out and uh, everybody for on Facebook checking us out. We appreciate it. And uh, we will uh, see you guys uh, tomorrow. Same time, same channel. All right. All right. Let's see you.